Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. you've landed on the Unbridled Enthusiasm Live Podcast with your host, Mark Poulos. What do you say we get into some weird stuff? Flapjacks and tits! One man, one microphone, and a lifetime of weird-ass stories. Here he comes, Mapulo. Please don't help my lamp. Dude, I am seven fingers in the gym beam. Get the fucking chili hot dog out of my face. Your next comedian coming to the stage. He's so funny. He's such a hoot. And making yeah, sure let me shove this well. baby out of my out of my chewed up jibs and then stoner and the fat. This podcast has been hijacked by the stoner and the fat man. Get ready to have your brain blown and your balls rocked off. Mark Poulos, Joe Cocazello, here they come. The stoner and the fat man. Like an old man told me one time, the key to a long and fruitful marriage is keep your mouth shut. You don't have to seduce me. No. In recent news, we'll be splitting up after this podcast. You want to invite him to my podcast? You're going to be very unpopular around here, Henry, if you don't produce a golden chicken soon. The best thing that came out of the 80s was me. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know what that is. It's 40s. It's all horns and hats. Oh, it's... I have a show that not since Monday. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. Why fuck them all? See, you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, so you can just stop it right... You're half drunk and high and trying to read a map. We're literally... We're on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up this <laughs> Nobody. 100 episodes. Does it this, this is, is real, real podcasting. podcasting. Nobody. We're, We're taking, taking this, this thing, thing further than it's, it's ever gone. gone. We're doing, doing things, things that, that I've, I've never, never even heard about. Hopefully, Hopefully this, this is just the start. start. I, I love, love doing, doing it, it, and I hope people, people love listening to it. The only, only question, question left is, are you ready? <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome to the 100th 
hundredth episode of the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. If you're still listening to the episode at this point, because <laughs> that opening could have been the stupidest, most pretentious opening to a podcast in history. And people that listen to my podcast, I hope you got the fact that that was all like a really stupid joke. Because <laughs> I spent so much time trying to figure out what exactly I wanted to do for my 100th episode, you know, like, you know, it's the 100th episode, like, it's got to be crazy, it's got to be like a live recording at a comedy club with, like, huge celebrities and everything, and I'm like, whatever, so um, I thought about doing a a special call-in episode with Anita for 20 questions. Um, and then I was thinking of doing an episode. We had a sleepover with all the cousins, and I thought it would be kind of funny to do a kid's podcast with them. And I don't know. It just came down to the fact that um, the 100th episode is just pretty much another episode. You know, it is a pretty cool thing that I've come up with enough shit to talk about for a hundred episodes. And if people are still with me that started back at episode one, um, I'm just, I just kind of want this episode to be like a thank you to the fans that love the podcast and have stuck around for this long. Um, so all I'm really going to talk about on this episode is some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of the podcast, some funny stories about trying to get episodes together, and uh, some of my favorite memories of the 100th episodes. And I know uh, it, it's impossible for me to imagine that there's many people out there that have listened to all 100 episodes. So um, I just kind of want to give at least my personal favorites um, and talk about it a little bit and that way you can go back and listen to them for yourself like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore the other people that have listened to the episodes by playing clips of my old episodes on this episode I think that's just a little ridiculous but uh, I think it could be fun to find out a little bit behind the scenes who knows you know this may be the biggest flop episode in the history of the world, but who knows? So, uh, I think it was April 2013, I believe. Um, I had done a gig at the end of March in, uh, in Sioux City, Iowa. And I met a funny dude down there who knows that he's the inspiration for this podcast. His name is... Matthew Ebel, and uh, he actually looks like the guy in the True Car commercials now, and the Century League commercials, so check that out if you have time, that's what he looks like. <laughs> but he stopped me after a show and he said, I really like your material, have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And I said I hadn't really ever thought about it, and he said, I'll tell you this, if you do a podcast, like I'll listen to every episode that you do. So you at least have one fan, and it's so sad to admit, and I don't know if I've ever admitted this on the podcast, but I literally started the podcast for that guy, because I'm like, if he wants to listen to it, 
I'll start taping it. So I didn't know the first thing about podcasting. I didn't even know how it all worked. Uh, thankfully, my uh, my good friend and fellow podcaster, Mike Merrifield, um, if you haven't checked out his podcast, which is uh, the Merrifield Podcast on iTunes, check it out. He's hobnobbing with a lot more cool people than I do, so he gets interviews with some amazing people. But uh, he kind of gave me the ins and outs of it, so I... I just assumed that I was only going to be able to do it um, on my wife's Apple at home. So I started recording uh, podcasts in in my basement after, like in the afternoon or something. Because at that time, um, my wife was pregnant, but my daughter hadn't shown up yet. So I had a lot of free time. So I was giving it a shot. And I think I did four episodes. And my whole idea in the in the beginning, and I think I've talked about this before, is that I wanted to do a podcast where I would review weird movies. So I would talk about these old movies that are really weird. And, and then after I did those four episodes, I found out that uh, Doug Benson did kind of the same idea. It wasn't exactly the same idea, but he still did a podcast that talked about movies and stuff and uh and I was like yeah, I kind of want to do my own thing so that morphed into <clears throat> and I took a long break from those first four episodes to the fifth episode because uh, my daughter was born and she was in the NICU and like tons of crazy shit was happening I just didn't have time and you know, I was still going on the road, but I hadn't kind of figured out how I could do this podcasting thing from my laptop on the road. Um, and thankfully, I figured it out after a while, and that way I was able to record a ton of episodes when I was on the road and uh, get them out there. So after my first initial idea, then I started thinking that uh, I'd make the podcast kind of an extension of myself you know like tell the behind the scenes of my jokes on stage and and some of the funny stories that inspired the jokes that I tell on stage and and kind of do it that way and and that definitely opened up a lot of doors for stuff that I could talk about on the podcast and my life and everything and uh I think it was around episode like 20 um was where things kind of really opened up as far as doing live recordings and podcasting for me and realizing that there were so many different avenues that you could go with this and how fun it could be um, is when I went on the road with Joe Cocazello for a month doing the Stoner and the Fat Man tour. And uh, those grouping of episodes where we did podcasts on the side of the Grand Canyon in Yellowstone, um, we did we did one drunk, <laughs> we did one in a hot tub, we did one uh, in the car. I mean, it was just like wherever we could go and just record audio and talk. It was just a really good chemistry, and it was so funny because I think we recorded something like eight episodes together. And when I went back to just me and the microphone, um, it felt weird. Because I felt like we had kind of found something special. And then when I went back to just me again, I felt a little lost. 
I think if you go back and listen to that uh, that first episode after the Stoner and the Fat Mentor where it's me again, I can't even go listen to it because I'm just like, this is really awkward to listen to because I, I really did. It felt weird. So um, anyways, but those episodes were so funny. And Joe wanted to record so much audio. And I think I've talked about it before, but when we were traveling, he had this... Uh, little GoPro camera that he was carrying around with him that he had gotten off of his girlfriend. And he was just going around and he was getting all this footage and he was like recording, uh, recording people at the gas station and everything and, and asking them questions and stuff. Like we stopped at a couple landmarks and he was interviewing people about the landmark. And I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? And he goes, it's cool, man. People love talking to me. And I'm just like, you're annoying them. Like they're on vacation and you're sticking a camera in their face and he's like, no, they, these people are going to have a story. Like this guy interviewed me at the rock, you know, he's from the news and I'm like, are you telling people you're from the news? And he's like, yeah, they don't fucking know. And I'm like, well, maybe not swear. Cause I don't think they swear on television news. He's like, I'm internet news. I can say what the fuck I want. Such a crazy guy, man. And, uh, and so all these episodes that we did, we recorded um, a live show in uh, Miles City, and uh, we clipped it together and put it on air. Nobody had ever really seen or heard exactly what we did as Stoner and the Fat Man when we were on the road, so putting that episode out was pretty cool. And then uh, I think it was right around the time that I got off the road with Joe, like I got really involved with... Uh, the 12-step programs for my gambling. So there was a lot of episodes in there that I was really proud of um, where I talked about addiction and and recovery and and working the steps and stuff. And uh, it was really, really cool and, you know, uh, therapeutic for me to talk about that stuff. So I appreciate you guys kind of allowing me to muddle through that stuff. And... uh, (laughs) And I think it was soon after that was um, probably one of the coolest episodes that I've been a part of was when I was able to have my buddy Justin and Kurt on the podcast, and we ended up taping it live at uh, Rudy's Barbecue in uh, Oklahoma City. And we just set up the computer and the three microphones and just started talking and eating barbecue, and it was just a fun episode, you know? It was... uh, just chilling and chatting about uh about comedy and and talking about life and and being friends and everything it was just kind of a cool thing you know and then uh soon after that is when i started doing uh a few podcasts with my wife and uh once again it was like this thing where we broke down this wall where I mean, truthfully, first of all, I didn't think she would ever want to be on my podcast. I thought she would just think it was stupid that I was sitting around talking into a microphone once a week and just sending it out into the internet like people were actually listening to it. But, uh, yeah, she took to it really quick. The first episode that we did, we argued music because she's a huge, um, like, sophisticated music fan that enjoys stuff from the 40s and 50s and and like good jazz and and all this stuff and my musical tastes are 
are far-reaching, but they're very juvenile, I would assume, to her anyways, because I like a lot of heavy metal and a lot of uh, 80s rock, so... We argued that, and then uh, then we did an episode about being parents, and then the whole thing started to take shape um, when we started doing 20 questions with Mark and Anita, and I really liked those episodes, and I'm, I'm interested to do more of those episodes with my wife because the interactive part of it is what I think pushes podcasts past you know, these things that people listen to every once in a while to things that are relevant in our society. So we would send out this thing like in in next week or a week and a half or something, we were going to be taping 20 questions with Mark and Anita. So make sure that you private message me or my wife your questions, and then we would answer them on the podcast. And then give a shout out to the people that asked questions and post the episodes on their wall and stuff. And it was just this thing that, uh, you know, really, I felt elevated my podcast a little bit. It gave it a little bit more legitimacy and, uh, I was just really happy with it. You know, we did a bunch of 20 question episodes and then we did one where we were arguing the legitimacy of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory (laughs) which was a fun episode to do and uh and yeah man i i think one of the highest moments uh one of it's for me it's number one um highlight of the first hundred episodes of my podcast was when i got to interview jake johansson at uh morty's comedy club and these podcasts are funny things because pretty much everybody has one nowadays. Um, when I was working with him at the comedy club, Mrs. Pat, she's a, a black comedian that um, is really prevalent on the Bob and Tom show, and she has her own podcast. And Jake has his own podcast, and she showed up, and they kind of made this uh, decision that they were going to do each other's podcast the next day. And I don't know what came over me, and I said, well, you know, if you want to do an extra podcast, you can sure come and do mine. And and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I thought it was like one of those famous people type of like, oh, yeah, sure, like that'll never happen. But uh, so he gave me his phone number, and I texted him the next day, and, and he decided he wanted to do it. And I was so embarrassed that day because I spent the entire morning trying to figure out um, how to do a podcast with two microphones. Like, I had two microphones, but I couldn't figure out the logistics and the software to do the two microphones. So if you go back and listen to that episode... We're sitting on the couch next to each other, and the microphone is on the ottoman, like right in front of us. So we're shoulder to shoulder doing an interview. It could possibly have been the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life. But he was so funny and so cool about it, and so many great jokes. And I, I was su- I'm such a huge Jake Johansson fan. And if you don't know who he is, <clears throat> you need to find out who he is because I'm not going to stand for that. Go check him out on the internet, but. If you go back and listen to that episode, man, so many funny points in there. I mean, we uh, we talked about me trying to 
get on the University of Minnesota football team as a walk-on, and the guy had to explain to me that's not how these things work. And, I mean, it's just hilarious. The bright spot so far of me doing this, you know, if I had never been doing a podcast, I would have chatted with him after the shows and talked to him in the green room and stuff. But the fact that uh, we sat as friends and talked, like, amazing thing. It was an amazing thing. And I want to touch on one thing, too. Um, Up until my interview with Jake Johansson, um, I had never really... I mean, I had other people on the show, um, but I didn't want to do interviews as a regular basis just because of the fact that I didn't have the second microphone. And I thought it would be weird to share microphones with guys on the road. They would be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And... uh, so once I figured out the software problem and uh, and I got uh, the second microphone, I started doing a lot more interviews. And I actually enjoyed doing the interviews. And I I tried not to be like the stereotypical, like, uh, so tell us how you got started in the business. Like, what, uh, what was your inspiration? Where'd you start? What's your first joke you ever wrote? You know, I didn't want to do that bullshit. So I... Uh, I tried to make it more personal. I started talking more about our relationships. And and as it went on, I started doing this stupid thing at the end where it was five horrible questions where I would ask the person these five horrible questions and then they would, uh, uh, you would get the answer. I think some of the bright spots of my interviews so far were obviously Jake Johansson, um, and talking to Randy and Carlo, if you haven't heard those episodes. For a while, he was uh, Dustin Diamond's opener, and uh, he has so many great stories about dealing with him on the road and how much of a neurotic numbnut he is. Um, so if you hadn't heard those episodes, go back and listen to uh, uh, Randy and Carlo, The Diamond Cutter. It is hilarious. Um, and then I did... Um, an episode with a couple comics in Chicago where they were really good at doing impressions. And I literally only do like a handful of impressions that are horrible. You know, I don't know if any, if I've ever done my, uh, my King Joffy Joffer on here from coming to America where he's like, let them wait. I'm talking to my son. It's brilliant. Um, I can also do Elmo a little bit. Hi, baby. They're horrible. I'm not going to lie. But these guys were really good, and we called it the Night of a Thousand Voices. And it could be the most non-sequitur episode I've ever done in my entire life because it's just voice after voice with no continuity whatsoever, which I think makes it really funny. So check out that one as well. And I thought another cool feature of my podcast was for a while I... uh, I read through my first comedy notebooks and, like, literally read the jokes out of them from, like, 15 years ago, and, and and it was brutal. Some of them were horrible. So if you haven't listened to the notebook episodes, go back and listen to those. Um, and I got to do a couple of other people's podcasts, so I instituted the crossover where I brought those episodes and released them on my podcast, which I thought was cool. Um, right around this time is where I came up with, um, 
I guess you would call it like a side project, but it's still my podcast. Um, are these kind of separate episodes called The Ride Home. And I just kind of came up with the idea driving home from gigs. Like every Sunday I'm driving home from a gig. Why not type a podcast in the car while I'm driving home? You know, just talk about my week, some of the funny things that happened that week, some of the cool people I met and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a nice... Uh, a nice supplement to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy those. Um, and if you know my podcast, I don't really tackle that many hard issues at all on here. Um, it's very rarely that I talk about current event news stuff. Um, but I think by far the best two that I ever did was, uh, at least the most downloaded episode of my podcast is the one that I did on censorship. It's called Fuck Censorship. And it was all about when Anthony got fired off of Opie and Anthony and uh, Joan Rivers got lambasted on CNN about her being too mean. And uh, I played a bunch of clips from their interviews and stuff. And uh, I just thought it was a really important issue. You know, they're trying to block you from saying what you want to say. And then advertisers are kind of forcing people to make decisions and and I think it's just a shitty thing, so I did a whole episode on that. And then, then of course, after months and months uh, of it being in the news, I decided to tackle the Bill Cosby issue from my point of view. Um, played a bunch of clips from his interviews and stuff, too, so check that out if you haven't heard that episode. Um, but it's been fun, man, and I, I don't have... I don't see anywhere where I'm going to be stopped doing this at any time soon. And, uh, you know, we're still, I'm still coming up with new ideas and ways to break down like the walls. Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, Cocazello's home with a broken ankle. And uh, I called him and we did a podcast over the phone. And it was pretty funny. It was the first time we did it. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So check out that one if you haven't. And, New Year's Eve this year, we just turned on the mics, me and Nate Armbruster. If you haven't heard his podcast, go check out his podcast. It's called One Crazy Story. Um, and we just had some drinks and talked about the year and then the upcoming year and, and how cool it's going to be. And So check that out, too. You know, I don't know what else to talk about, man. I just love doing this. And... Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoy doing it. And uh, if you're relatively new to the podcast, you know, I thought this was a good mile marker, you know, give you some uh, some direction if you want to hear some of the best the best episodes, you know, instead of trying to wade through 100 episodes and try to figure out what's good and what's not, you know. Now you've got this episode to... Uh, be kind of a card catalog to the 100 episodes of the unbridled enthusiasm podcast and the ones that you should go and check out and um i'm not going to see say that there's any episodes that you should just pass over i think they're all great um i think they're all cool but uh i was the one making them so i might be uh biased in that fact but uh yeah i just want to take this time to personally thank every single person that listens to this podcast uh 
and uh, keeps the numbers going up as far as the downloads and listens and uh, inspires me to make a better product every day um, and better ideas and better topics to keep you guys interested in what I'm doing here. And, uh, you know, just God bless every single one of you for being interested in what I do because uh, I love doing it and and it makes me happy to know that people enjoy what I do. So keep listening to uh, this podcast. I'll keep doing it. So that's all I got to say. Um, you can always get it at uh, Stitcher and Tuned In and iTunes and Podbean. Uh, check out my website for upcoming dates if I'm going to be in your area. Come out and check out my show. I'm currently working on a ton of new material because I'm going to be taping my uh, fourth full-length comedy album in the fall called uh, Husband, Father, Idiot. Um, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to be taping it. I thought it was going to be at Morty's in Indianapolis, but I guess they're having some audio issues, so it might have to be in uh, maybe in Louisville or um, at one of the Looney Bins. But uh, I'm going to definitely get it done and hopefully have it uh, put together and available uh, the spring of 2016. So I'm pretty jazzed about that. So just keep an eye out. I'm not going anywhere, and uh, I'm going to keep trying to rock it. So make sure you keep tuning in. And uh, check out largedrunkman.com. And if you're not following me on Twitter, follow me on Twitter. It's uh, TheMarkPoulos. Uh, on Twitter, so check that out too. And uh, yeah, so tune in next time when we talk about who the fuck knows. But uh, yeah, he used to give me shit every day about not being a football player to the point that I felt so guilty about it that when I went to the University of Minnesota, I actually went to the football office and I was like, you know, can I try out? For the team, and the guy goes, "That's not really how this works." Like University of Minnesota, like, can I try <laughs> out? I've not played any high school football. Zero. It's a major top university where they're drafting everybody. Like, you could get a walk-on if you were already somebody they knew about, who just happened to have chosen their school. The look on that guy's face was priceless. I like though, but I'm sure it was a Midwestern thing where he's got to explain it to you, like. As if you walked into Congress and said, "Would I? Would it be all right if I filled out an application to be president?" <laughs> so I'm kind of looking to throw my hat into the senator's game. Yeah, how do I seems, go about that? <laughs> I have no idea how this all gets figured out, but I do. I watched the news today, and it looked like I, I could give a speech as good as that guy. I mean, I'm a comedian. Well, I have a lot of experience God. talking. That's what I did. I can't believe it. Can, I, can I try out? And he, but he let you down easy. Like, yeah. well, that's not really the way it works. The truth is, even if I got the audition, I wouldn't know what to do. And it's, pro- it's, not call- it's a it tryout, it not an a- audition. Yeah, but you would have had to immediately. Would have been, yeah, you can try out, but just let's see what you can bench press or yeah. how fast you can run. And you're like, I don't do any of that shit. I don't work out. I'm not. I'm just big. Can't you use a big guy yeah, somewhere? I could I be like? Is there a <laughs> is there a job where I just stand places and get in people's can you, way? Can you just 
There is, but that's a skill position. You know, you have to be strong. Guy, guy who gets in people's way. Look how big I am. Then does he call a guy out from the back? Like I got a, I got a guy as big as you who's all muscle. I know it was like the stupidest idea I ever had, but I got so guilty. I was like, I need to try. You know? Yeah. I've been given this gigantic frame, and I'm not doing anything with it, sports wise. 